0: Hi, it's DeWire, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It's November 23rd, 2023. Let's talk about heavyweight boxing. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, there's a very important interview. It's a very important interview. It's on BoxingScene.com. It's a couple days old. It's their talk with, in my opinion, the heavyweight who fought the best fight against Alexander Usyk. And that heavyweight is Derek Chisora. Right in the piece, Chisora talks about he has established the blueprint on how to fight Usyk. Folks, he's right, right? Chisora goes further. Chisora talks about what we've mentioned here online. Um, You cannot read Usyk's Mm -hmm. faints, right? He talks about how when you're on your front foot and Usyk starts moving his hands, You've got to start throwing punches as he moves his hands. In other words, Usyk, my words, not Chizora, is playing a chess game where he's trying to feint you into certain positions. He's trying to feint you into not going that last mile. What Chizora is pointing out is that you've got to fight your fight. You can't fall for his feints. You've got to be on your front foot. You've got to rough him up. Now, if you look at the judges' scorecards from the Chisora-Usyk fight, you're going to notice that some judges gave Chisora five rounds. Right, folks? That's many more rounds. Many more than AJ got in either fight or that Daniel Dubois got. Now, in fairness to Dubois, I still believe Dubois was robbed, right? I think there was a lot of acting. I think Usyk was badly hurt. I think Usyk has one of these faces where he, you know, doesn't reveal how hurt he is. I thought the punch that Dubois threw was a legal punch. The problem with the Dubois fight is that Dubois is reading Usyk's feints, right? He then gets the big punch on Usyk, but then doesn't follow it up when Usyk gets off the canvas, right? In the subsequent rounds, Dubois goes back to a passive style. That's not the way to do it. So let's be blunt here. The best fight I've seen against Usyk, when Usyk is a professional, was Maris Breedis at cruiserweight. The best fight I've seen against Usyk as a heavyweight is Derek Chisora. Understand Usyk is a guy who went 24 rounds with AJ, ultimately stops Daniel Dubois in the later rounds And yet, the best fight at heavyweight was the Chisora fight, which history seems to have forgotten. So, in my opinion, right, you're a gambler, you're wondering what is the style in history that would beat Usyk? And to me, the answer is clear as day. It's the George Foreman style. Right? Foreman, educated front foot, very heavy, very stiff, very controlling jab. Right, Foreman would hit you in such a way that he would move you into position. Foreman is old school. He believes you don't wait on a puncher. I'm sure Derek Chisora agrees with all of this. You don't wait on a puncher. And Foreman had a defensive construct where he could cover up. It was an Archie Moore crab-type defense. He could cover up and be deep in the pocket. That's where you want to be against Usyk. Right? Now, Foreman was a little bit too young when he fought Ali in the Rumble in the Jungle. right? Foreman didn't understand that with just a little pacing, just a little pacing, he would have beaten Ali easily. Understand too, when Ali went over to the ropes and crabs up, right? You know, covers up. By the way, that's exactly what Usyk does against Chizura. Had Foreman just taken a step back and relied on one of the best jabs I've seen, in the heavyweight division. Right, his jab. Had he just taken a step back, keep in mind, Foreman enters the ring, the heavyweight champion. Had he just shot some jabs, kept Ali over by the ropes, not overextended himself, there would have been some judges who would have asked the obvious question. Could Ali take a heavyweight champion's title being curled up against the ropes? The answer's no. Right? The genius of the rumble in the jungle, by the way, we're simplifying things. Ali does win multiple rounds before he stops Foreman. But the genius of Ali that night is the fact that he keeps egging Foreman on as Foreman. Takes his foot off the gas and starts to back up, Ali would come off the ropes. He would lean forward and he would throw a couple of shots. Then he would call Foreman forward. Then, as Foreman came forward, Ali would do things like grab Foreman. Right? Ali was a clincher. We penalized Lawrence O'Coley for clinching. Understand, Ali was a clincher. Right? But just to understand, You have to treat Usyk and Usyk is physically bigger than Sonny Liston, but you have to treat Usyk as if he is a cruiserweight vacationing in the heavyweight division. Now let's ask a big question. And this is why you have a clear betting opportunity here. Can Tyson Fury be george foreman is tyson fury the kind of guy who can chase usick around the ring who's gonna throw big shots with both hands right understand foreman himself wanted a little bit of space you'll notice that in foreman's fight against joe fraser the first one in fact both of them but the first one where Foreman is pushing Fraser off of him. Because understand, Fraser could operate in the deep pocket. Right? Foreman himself wanted a little bit of space. So he's pushing Joe Fraser in a way that the referee should not have allowed. Right now, Tyson Fury, we've seen Tyson Fury in this row. Tyson Fury and it's it's one of the most important fights of Fury's career. Please don't overlook it. Tyson Fury is in against Steve Cunningham, a fight we keep referring to. Cunningham, like Usyk, is too coordinated, is a former cruiserweight. He's too coordinated. He's too fast for Tyson Fury. He's fast to the point where he's obvious with his strategy. Cunningham is loading up on right hooks. Right, he he throws right hooks at Fury, he misses Fury, he reloads on the right hooks. Cunningham is the cruiserweight who is headhunting 69 heavyweight Tyson Fury. Now, what we learned in that fight, which Fury wins by going dirty. Just like Foreman pushes Fraser, you'll notice Fury is running in and trying to literally roughhouse Steve Cunningham, right? He runs into Cunningham. He's trying to push Cunningham. He's trying to hold Cunningham. That's how desperate he was. What we found out in the Cunningham fight is Fury at 6'9", the same guy who is too mobile and is too coordinated for Vladimir Klitschko, cannot match the mobility, the athleticism, the coordination of Steve Cunningham. Folks, that's a dirty fight. Understand Tyson Fury, who's polished, has to go dirty in moments like that. He's several inches taller than George Foreman. Several, right? Foreman would lean his punches back. Foreman throws punches differently than Tyson Fury. Fury is more of an arm puncher compared to Foreman who threw punches like Sonny Liston. In other words, Foreman would have his hand back, look at the film. Then Foreman turns his entire body into the punch. Foreman was heavy-handed like Anthony Joshua, but Foreman, unlike Joshua, wouldn't wait on punchers. Foreman is prepared to get hit with shots as he goes inside on Ali. Right? The Foreman math is the Chisora math, which is, I'm bigger, I hit harder than this guy. I'll win any exchange, even when the punches land. If you want to see a fight where Foreman is prepared to trade with a puncher and does so, and gets hit several times by the puncher. Look at Foreman's fight against Boxing Hall of Famer Dwight Cowie, right? Now that's an older Foreman. But understand, even when Foreman is in the pocket getting hit with shots, he's trading with you, right? He's not trying to avoid getting hit. When he opens up, he had a great defense, but when he opened up, he was willing to trade with someone he considered smaller. Now, AJ, simply put, was not. If you look at the Charles Martin fight, and that's a very important fight, I know it's short, but you're going to see AJ at his best. Right, AJ, like Tyson Fury, got by on athletic superior superiority. Right? AJ liked to be more mobile than his opposition. He liked to have a cushion. You'll see it in the Charles Martin fight. Even when AJ's faster than his opponent, He likes to have a cushion between himself and the opponent, right? A.J. isn't a foreman lead puncher. No, AJ's a counter. Counter punchers are waiting on their opposition, right? So what A.J. likes to do is A.J. likes to be outside. The other guy throws a punch, then A.J. jumps in. And he's throwing his big counters. So he fights Usyk twice. Folks, you can't wait on Usyk. Your strategy can't be a counter-punching, I'm going to outbox you. And by the way, I have the bigger punch type strategy. So let's talk about a second interview. And let me say, Chisora is 100% right. His fight is the blueprint on how to rough up Usyk, right? But understand, Chisora is a guy who, in a fight, drops Joseph Parker in the opening seconds of the fight, right? Chisora could be very aggressive very early on fights. Unfortunately for Derek, he's older right now, and he can't maintain that level of aggression. So he starts to lose rounds against Usyk had Chisora been younger with more stamina, and one of Usyk's hallmarks is great stamina, he might have beaten Usyk if you believe he lost his heavyweight match against Usyk. So let's talk about another fighter, who had some comments to say about Anthony Joshua. And I consider this important. Now, this is the guy who, believe it or not, Lennox Lewis talked about as being the best he fought. Now, Lewis, in interviews, talked about how Shannon Briggs was the hardest puncher he fought. And that's important. Right? Because Lewis, of course, fought Vitaly Klitschko, for example. Lennox Lewis fought Mike Tyson, for example. Well, understand, the fighter who gave the recent interview, it's a few days old, is the man who went inside on Mike Tyson. Beats Tyson twice by coming inside on Tyson. This guy clearly saw something on film where he realized while Tyson likes being a bully and likes being up on you like he was in the Brian Nielsen fight, like he was in the Frank Bruno fight, Tyson the bully could not handle when you were up on him. And of course, the guy I'm talking about is the guy whose ear Tyson bit to get out of a fight and understand the referee Mills Lane let that slide the first time. It's when Tyson bites Evander Holifield's ear the second time that Mills Lane disqualifies him. That's how desperate Tyson was against Evander Holifield, right? And Holifield could come inside on you. Holofield had an arm bar that he could use to block uppercuts. You remember the Tyson claim was that Holifield was headbutting him. In other words, Holifield is that close to Tyson. Has his head up against Tyson's head. They asked Holifield, and I disagree with Holifield here. Right? I agree with Derek Chisora on the blueprint against Usyk. Right? The press needs to track down George Foreman and ask him how he would fight Usyk. Right? Foreman... Contrary to this rope-a-dope mythology, Foreman was an advanced heavyweight. Well, understand, Evander Holifield gave his opinion on Otto Wallen versus Anthony Joshua. And he expects Anthony Joshua to do well against Otto Wallen. And his logic is that When Joshua has a cushion, my word, not his word, but when Joshua has space and can extend his arms, Joshua does better. Right? Polyfield's theory is that if you come inside on Joshua, that's when Joshua starts to have problems. So Otto Wallen is gonna be on his back foot against Anthony Joshua. He's not gonna press Joshua. That should enable Joshua to do better. That's the Holofield take in my words. Now here's where that take falls apart to me, right? What Holofield's telling you is that Joshua is gonna wait on boxers Joshua is going to give away his power advantage. He's going to give away his size advantage. He's actually going to try to box and be successful against Otto Wallen. My question is simply, how did that work out for Joshua in 24 rounds against Usyk? Folks, the first fight is really the lopsided fight. I'm just telling you that in that 12th round, Usyk showed you that he could have knocked out Joshua if he wanted. In that 12th round, Joshua has the heavyweight belt. Usyk, 12th round first fight, decides to step on the gas in the last minute of the fight. In other words, the first two minutes of that last round are an illusion. Busek, who already has to fight one, wants to put an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. So he waits until the last minute of that 12th round. He steps on the gas and he starts battering Anthony Joshua in a way we haven't seen Joshua get battered outside of Andy Ruiz. Right, we've seen Joshua get knocked down. Vladimir Klitschko knocks him down. Right, but to me, a knockdown's really a one-punch type of fear. Right, let's remember in the Klitschko fight, Joshua drops Klitschko first. <clears throat> right, a sustained beating is another matter. Usyk in the last minute of that first Joshua fight gives Joshua a sustained beating. Now, I have no doubt in my mind that Joshua up until that point thought he was competitive with Usyk. While Usyk didn't even have his car in fourth gear. Now, Otto Wallen has studied Usyk. That's clear from Wallen's victory over Murat Gassiev. Right? Because understand, Gassiev only lost once before. And that was to Alexander Usyk. So Valen is moving all around the ring against Murat Gassiev. But more importantly, Valen is throwing feints at Murat Gassiev. Right, folks, Joshua, who does well. I think he'd do well against Deontay Wilder. Joshua, who does well against big, clunky heavyweights, who he's more athletic than. Doesn't do well against more sophisticated boxers. So understand the problem he is going to run into here in his 30s at this stage of his career. Derek James is Errol Spence's trainer. Understand, Derrick James has a zone where he wants a fighter to know how to operate deep in the pocket. Right? Where he wants his fighters to have defense, to be able to stay in the pocket, to shorten their punches, to throw hooks, to know how to lean on a guy. Like, Holofield is up close to Tyson. Right? Like, Derek Chisora is up close on Usyk. Like Foreman is up close on Ali. Right? That's what Derek James wants. You can do other things. Derek James has other fighters, right? Who, you know, Jamal Charlo, who roam around the ring and stuff like that. But Derrick James, if he has a fighter who has the punch, who has the advantage, Derrick James wants that fighter to be up close and personal. So here you have Evander Holifield, the guy who got up close and personal with Mike Tyson twice, the first fight. Not the ear-biting fight. The first fight is the, the exclamation point fight. That's where Halifield over time against Mike Tyson starts to outwork Mike Tyson, starts to dominate Mike Tyson. Right? Tyson has some car crashes late in his career, right? The Kevin McBride fight, the uh, Danny fight. But, but just understand, Right? When Tyson is closer to his prime, and we understand that Tyson, after he loses the title, is no longer in his prime. Right? Tyson peaks early. But it's the Hollyfield fight when Tyson, closer to his prime, is completely dominated. Just understand it's that fighter who understands. That, simply put, Anthony Joshua needs space to operate. That Joshua has a better chance of winning with some space. The problem is the kind of space he's going to have here isn't the type where he's up against some opponent who's a sitting duck, who can't match him, in punching power. No, in this violent fight, you need to key on Valen's feints and Valen's movements. If he's fainting Anthony Joshua to the point where Joshua is low volume, isn't that what happened against Usyk? If Otto Valen is able to channel Alexander Usyk to the point where Joshua is again low volume Joshua can't get on his front foot and pursue Usyk let's talk about another trainer who did work with Joshua Robert Garcia you might recall Garcia wanted Joshua to bend his knees he wanted Joshua to fight lower Right now, think about it. The guy they were fighting was the same guy who got hit with a body shot by Dubois and goes down. Then, when he gets up minutes later, right, that's how ridiculous that fight was. It's boxing rules, but if you believe the fight, if you believe the punch is a legitimate punch, let's just say that. After Usyk hits the canvas, he gets every possible benefit he can, right? He gets to hang out down there for minutes. Then when he gets up after the multi-minute break, Dubois comes in, right? Why didn't Dubois do this in subsequent rounds? And hits Usyk again to the body. And Usyk's complaining of low blows. Because Usyk can't tell where in the body he got hit. Understand, against a guy who's susceptible to body shots, Robert Garcia wanted a tall Anthony Joshua to bend his legs and to come forward, to be more aggressive. When in that second Usyk fight, that's the one Garcia handled, did Joshua start to do that? I would say it's not until around round nine That's how programmed Joshua is to fight tall and to jump around the ring. Well, in a ring jumping contest, I'm just telling you, Valen is going to be very competitive. That Joshua Valen fight is going to go several rounds, right? If it goes the distance... And let's remember, the Jermaine Franklin fight goes the distance, and Franklin's not even jumping around. Franklin's in the pocket against Joshua. I'm just telling you, if the Otto Wallen fight goes the distance, folks, there's going to be controversy. Let's also be clear, too. Joshua's a fan favorite who gets judges on his side to the same degree that Deontay Wilder gets judges on his side in the United States. Right, look at these curious scorecards, right? That first Wilder Luis Ortiz fight, what fight were the judges watching? I know Wilder gets the stoppage. I'm not saying Wilder lost the fight, but wow, rewatch that fight and ask yourself, where's Wilder winning multiple rounds against Luis Ortiz? Well, understand Joshua gets the benefit of the doubt in the UK, doesn't he? Be very careful here, folks. That violent fight is not in the UK. Right? what happens if Valen is still on his feet in the 10th 11th rounds and is doing as well as he did against front foot heavy iron Murat Gassiev? right so I think I think Holla feels wrong here. Sure, Valen's not going to be on his front foot trying to stop Joshua. I'll agree with that. Sure. Joshua, who's with Ben Davidson now, right, will have an opportunity to show us his boxing skills. The million dollar question is how good of a boxer is Joshua? Can he hang against upper end boxers? Folks, he did not in two fights against Oleksandr Usyk. So the heavyweight division, folks, oh my. The heavyweight division is gonna be mispriced in some huge upcoming fights. Right? You need to consider Usyk to be a very live underdog. And I mean a very live underdog against Tyson Fury. Usyk is the betting side of that play. As for Joshua against Valen, folks, Valen went 12 rounds. That should tell you a lot, by the way. Valen went the distance against Tyson Fury. <clears throat> Valen went the distance against Murat Gassiev. Are you certain that Anthony Joshua, who's onto yet another trainer, at least for this fight, is going to be able to close the show. And if he doesn't close the show, if he doesn't stop Valen, if that fight goes the distance, if you're on the Valen side of the play, isn't that what you want? Because don't you already know that your best chance of beating Joshua is with your fighters' boxing skills and athleticism. This is a tough fight, folks. The United Kingdom is ground zero for the heavyweight division. There is no doubt about that, right? But let's throw a wrinkle here. You know, is it possible if Usyk goes on to beat Tyson Fury here, Right? Because Fury is going to be desperate, like he was against Steve Cunningham. Right? One of the secrets to the Ngannou fight is Fury tries to come forward and tries to clinch Ngannou. And then finds out he's in the ring with another professional athlete. That Ngannou is strong. Ngannou is an athlete. Ngannou not going to passively be there and allow the other guy to hold him. Right, so let's throw out the question. And he's a new face that we're going to mention here. Is there a British heavyweight with a big punch who's going to run red lights and who's not going to wait on Usyk or Valen, someone who would enter the pocket of Throwing big shots in such a way that these more organized boxers who rely on feints would be thrown off. And I would say there is. His name, believe it or not, is Fabio Wardley. Right? I'm just telling you, styles make fights. You're kidding yourself if you have an absolute list that's etched in stone of where heavyweights fall, right? Some pecking order that you believe is impenetrable. Where a Tyson Fury always beats an Alexander Usyk. Folks, that list doesn't exist. You just saw a guy in his first fight drop Tyson Fury, land more power shots than Tyson Fury over 10 rounds. Right? That's the Nganu fight. Right? Understand. Sometimes it's the flaws that make the diamond. If you want a guy with power in both hands, who can fight like Derek Chisora, but who is a little bit younger, hits a little bit harder, is a little bit crazier, understand. The UK is so deep in boxing talent right now that you might need to look at Fabio Wardley to be the guy to step up, right? Understand, if Usyk beats Tyson Fury, the UK is going to have an acute dilemma on its hands. You're going to have one guy who will have beaten AJ twice, Dubois once. I thought Dubois won the fight, but let's just say apart from the knockdown, Dubois is systematically deconstructed by Usyk. And then, of course, you would have Usyk beating Tyson Fury. Right? Well, just to understand, the UK has other fighters. That's how deep the UK is. Just to understand, too, that you have Young guys out there who are getting no press in the United States. I'm following this Richard Torres guy. Right, folks? The Olympian, silver medalist, and win the gold medalist should be in the conversation with Wilder and Big Baby. Right, boxing's a young man sport. You have a lot of guys in their thirties out there. I'm just telling you, there are young guys now, who we need to start looking at. Also, these Eastern European guys, right, McMudoff and other guys like that. I'm telling you, I feel the heir apparent is Philippe Ergovic. Right, I've been saying that for months. Right, Ergovic beat Zhili Zhang. Folks, I'm just telling you, Zhili Zhang. Is a big threat to the throne. Well, one man is taking out the United Kingdom. Right? That's Alexander Usyk. Right? Here you have a situation where he's a cruiserweight like Steve Cunningham, too mobile, too mobile for AJ, too slick for Dubois. Right? Is Fury, who's coming off one of his worst fights of his entire career, is Fury at a point in his career where he's ready for this guy? Right? As for AJ, look, you know the fighter sometimes needs some hard advice. If you're a trainer and you say things like, hey, bend your knees, you need to be more front foot heavy against cruiserweights and you get fired like Robert Garcia was fired by him, And then you're Derek James who's telling him, look, man, you know, you need to be prepared to handle things deep in the pocket. Like my guy, Errol Spence, and suddenly you're out and the fighter is picking guys like Valen, who's a tough fight for him. Understand, there's a rematch clause, folks. If AJ loses to Valen, Valen in his 30s will happily take the extra paycheck for him. Right, you need to ask yourself, wow, Is a, has AJ learned anything from the two losses to Usyk? Right, folks, the answer might be no. Anyway, let me hear from you. I know I sound hard here. I know there are uh, some people who say, oh, he has an axe to grind with AJ. No, it's a compliment. When I'm looking at highly skilled fighters, and I'm just pointing out, hey, AJ needs to tighten this up. Fury needs to tighten this up. Right? Usyk got roughed up at times by Derek Chisora. Had a hard fight with Maris Bredis. Right? That Jili Zhang is a major threat to the throne. Folks, those are compliments to the guys right now who own the throne. To the frontline fighters who are in transition, are trying to learn new skills, are trying out different trainers, and are in matches that are gonna be tougher than the public realizes. Those are my thoughts this day after Thanksgiving. Let me know yours in the comment section of this YouTube video. If you feel that Derek Chazor is wrong or that Evander Holofield is right, right? If you wanna talk about Holofield Tyson. If you want to talk about Holofield Tony. Very intriguing fight where Holofield comes inside, but he's against the guy who can put his head on one side of him, put his head on the other side of him, counterpunch him to death. Tell us about it in the comment section of this YouTube video. Styles make fights, right? I'm just telling you. There's certain guys out there, particularly at heavyweight, this is the deepest, I believe, I've ever seen the heavyweight division. And I grew up in the 70s where Foreman, Ali, Fraser, Norton, Ernie Shavers, Jerry Quarry, who beat Ernie Shavers. People forget how good Jerry Quarry was, right? Larry Holmes later in the decade, Jerry Cooney. You had a lot of heavyweights in the 70s. Folks, it's deeper than that now right? The Berlin Wall has fallen. You have all these guys from Kazakhstan, Russia, Eastern Europe, Ukraine. They're now in the mix, right? The water is so deep that you have an Olympic gold medalist who's out there losing fights. Tony Yoka, right? Uh, Lost to the last king of Scotland, Bacoli, right? Just understand, There are many men who under the right situation right now could be heavyweight champion. You have many different styles out there, right? There's no pecking order carved in stone. I'm expecting both Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, two guys who have held a heavyweight title, to be very much tested in their next fights. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. You also have, thank goodness, the Middle East that's paying for these fights. So now we're getting a chance at possibly some of these great fights that for years haven't happened. Wilder, Joshua, that's assuming of course that those guys win their matches. Let me just point out here, folks, that's a big assumption. Let me hear from you in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.